The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Welcome inside the Eric Little High School Football Podcast for Episode 11 this season. I am the namesake. Happy to have you with us this week. Coming up, we'll preview some of the bigger games this week. We'll take a look at last week's poll question, set you up with a new question, have a bit of a discussion on message boards. But first, to take a look at last week's games. Williamstown picked up a narrow win against Warren in a game that I got to be honest was a good deal closer than I thought. Although I'm not terribly surprised that it wasn't. Williamstown actually trailed this game in the third quarter, a game they eventually won 33-27 against Williams. Williamstown. And there are a couple reasons why I'm a little surprised and why I'm not so surprised all at the same time. Usually Williamstown finds a way to get things done, but they are so banged up right now. They're without Jared Frazier. He's out for the year. Ty Moore had four touchdown runs. Despite running with a cast on his hand, if you didn't see the game, you can know that because he was pictured on the front page of the sports section with a big honking cast on his hand. I've heard he's had that hand injury for a couple weeks now. 264 yards on the ground on 25 carries and four touchdown runs. So so definitely a big game at a time more on a night where they needed a big effort. So I'm not surprised that Warren was able to hang close because Williamstown's banged up. But I think this shows more about Warren's improvement under their new head coach, Matt Kimes, in his first season as a Parkersburg South assistant who came over. And I think Matt Kimes is proving to be a really good hire out at Warren. He and his family are all bought in out there at Warren. They, and, and good for them. They're, they're good folks. And the Warren community is a good community. I, I hope that's a nice fit for a long time out there. I think this says more about the improvement of the Warren Warriors and the way that program has been built up in less than a year under Kimes than anything else. This is a Warren team that managed to pick up 346 total yards, which is a bit deceiving. They threw the ball around a lot. 302 yards of that 346 was through the air. Uh, Williamstown's defense has stopped the run all year long. They've held everybody but Wheeling Central to under 100 yards on the ground, and they held Warren to 44 yards on 20 carries. So Warren either scrapped that early and decided to move the ball the way they knew how, which was the pass game, or that was the plan all along, was to throw the football. But either way, they were able to move the ball and get points on the board. They've got athletes out there. That's a basketball program that's consistently making good runs into the Ohio playoffs. So the athletes are there. That's what Parkersburg South is finding out, that when you are at a school where the athletes are there and they're doing big things and doing well, all you have to do, it's easier said than done, but all you have to do is get them to come out and play football, and the chances of your program finding greater success increase exponentially. So like I said, not terribly surprised in Warren. I'm a little surprised that Williamstown didn't pull away, but like I said, they're banged up. So uh, I think it's a, a, a game that told us a lot about both of these teams and where they are. Williamstown needs to catch a break somehow. They were tested for the first time in a while, and I think that was was good for them. I think it's going to be good for them in the long run to be going into the fourth quarter of a game trailing, knowing that they can come back and knowing this team has the fortitude to do that. But how much do you really need to test the fortitude of a team that's down one of its biggest running threats and that's got some injuries to other guys? So I don't know how much that fortitude needs tested, but either way, it was, and the Yellow Jackets held on. Sometimes when you are in the middle of a season like this, you got to win games in an ugly way. I mean, this is not going to be, at the end of the year, one of the prettier wins. Warren 4-3 four and three now, Williamstown 6-1, and one, their sixth straight win. But this is one, I think, that taught us a lot about both teams. So good for Williamstown to prove that they can step up and come back in those games where, regardless of whether or not they put themselves in a hole, they were in a hole. But for Warren, 
I think that's a huge momentum boost, even with a banged up Williamstown team to show that, hey, this is a sign we're turning the corner and the hard work is worth it. So I, I think good things are on the horizon or better things even are on the horizon for Matt Kimes and the Warren Warriors. Parkersburg High couldn't get out of a big early hole, and their loss to George Washington as we move on to Parkersburg High. They were down 21 to nothing midway through the third quarter before they woke up and put some points on the board. They made it a respectable game. It was 20 to 21 until. George Washington recovered a fumble uh, on the last play of the game and ran it back for a score. I believe it was a hook and lateral attempt that blew up in PHS's face. But either way, the Big Reds had the ball down seven at the end of the game, which is not bad considering that a quarter and a half before they were down 21 to nothing. There's some good and bad in this. You like the fight out of PHS. doesn't really help them a lot because they're 3-3 three and three now with four games to play. One of those is against the Parkersburg South team that remains unbeaten, although you throw the records out in that game. you Literally, that's the meaning of that cliche. You throw the records out because it doesn't mean a whole lot. But still, that's a very good Parkersburg South team that PHS is going to play in the final week of the year. So they got to start beating some people. they got to start winning some games. They really need to go 3-1 and one the rest of the way. They come in this week at number 13 in the SSAC rankings, so they need to pick up some wins. You know, the South game is going to be at best a toss-up. For PHS, it's tough sledding the rest of the way, but they really have to get it going soon. Because as we said, they finish against Parkersburg South. They've got Huntington later this year, and Huntington lost last week. So Huntington is a team that's a very good team, probably a top 10 team in the state, but they are all of a sudden struggling to get close to the playoffs. Look at Huntington's schedule. They've got Capital, Cabell Midland, PHS, and Spring Valley. So of that remaining schedule, Huntington has to look at that Parkersburg game and say, hey, that's the one we can get. They need to get at least two of those. They're going to have to find a way if they want to get in to pick off one of those others and go five and five with a win against a top five team, a top ten team. That's going to get them in at five and five. Huntington's going to be dangerous in the bottom of that class AAA bracket if they get in. But Parkersburg, they got Hurricane this week. That's no pushover because Hurricane beat Huntington, the team that we were talking about a moment ago. And I can vouch for Huntington. I've seen Huntington. They're a good football team. they got a lot of skill, but Hurricane put it to Huntington 24-7. So, uh, Hurricane will face the Big Reds this week. And then Spring Mills, a team on the Eastern Panhandle that came out of Martinsburg's rib. That's a tough one. And that's a home game, at least. At least PHS is on a three-game homestand. They host Huntington, and they visit Parkersburg South. So 5-5 five and five is no easy task for this Big Reds team. They're going to have to hold serve, I think, in their home game this week against Hurricane. They need to get either Huntington or Parkersburg South. One of those two. Huntington will be the easier one. South will be across town. They don't have to leave Parkersburg the rest of the season. PHS doesn't, but boy, even as good as PHS is, it's tough to envision a scenario where they get three of those games, much less two, and uh, five and five is going to have to do it for the Big Reds this year. They need to prove they can win in a hostile environment. They won't have the chance to do so this season, because at five and five, if they get in, they're going to get in as a road team. They only had three true road games this year, because they had six home games, and they visit the Erickson All Sports Facility for their fourth road game, so really the, the three trips they made at Cabell Midland, at Capital, and at George Washington, all good teams, and they went 0-3 in those games. So for PHS, you like the fight of the Big Reds, but they're going to have to prove in the playoffs they can win in a hostile environment. Uh, They won't have to go on the road to the playoffs uh, if they get there, but uh, they're going to have to prove something to somebody and maybe even themselves if they want to make a run this year. 
Let's move on to St. Mary's. The Blue Devils played a strong second half and a bounce-back win against Ward County. Jason Clayton started a quarterback. Brennan Boron came on to finish. Clayton threw a touchdown pass to William Steele in that game. The Blue Devils won 26-7. And Boron came on to finish. He also would throw two touchdown passes in the game. So St. Mary's might have something using Clayton and Boron at that position if they can find some different looks to throw against those guys or to throw those guys against different looks. I'm sure that's another weapon in St. Mary's arsenal that they're willing to use. I'll give this to St. Mary's. It seems like when they find things on offense that they like, uh, they do a good job at not forgetting about those and not letting those get rusty. They use a lot of different things. I'm sure there are some that would rather just stick to some of the better things and some of the things that are more effective, but I like having a bit of of an option. Uh, It seems like William Steele is also developing as a multi-talented threat, too. He caught two touchdown passes and ran for two scores. Lucas Lipscomb also had a big game. So this St. Mary's team might not be high-octane at the levels that their state championship teams were, or even their Super 6 teams a few years ago. But they're getting it done, and they're now 4-2. and two. So St. Mary's has a chance to continue to build and, and grow as they play Magnolia this week. So the Blue Devils really needed to come out strong. They held Ward County off the board until the third quarter, and they picked up a 26-7 win on the road. A good win for the Richie Honey Rebels last week, too. They keep right on rolling. They've defeated South Harrison last week. And what's interesting to me is that in their 38-12 win, they used Dakota Wayne as a quarterback. He actually threw a 39-yard touchdown pass to Caden Procasina. They're using Ethan Hawk to start, and now it looks like they'll at least show Dakota Wayne at that position. I don't think quarterback controversies are what they used to be at the high school level, or maybe not even the college or the pro level either, or at least not the college level. I think you can win with two guys in high school and two guys in college at that position, and I think it's becoming more interchangeable, just the same as running backs or wide receivers are. It's just another way to put the ball into the hands of a skilled player, another weapon you have in your arsenal. Does it take some selflessness? Sure, because every quarterback wants to be the quarterback, but if you buy in to what your team is selling, and if you buy into what your coach is selling, and accept the fact that you might be better with two quarterbacks, and you might be better because of what that can give you and what that can do for you, then I see nothing wrong with continuing to use two quarterbacks when the situation calls for it. So, Richie County got a big win doing exactly that 30-12 to there, a uh, win against South Harrison. Important win for Frontier, though it was not a pretty one. They defeated Caldwell 12-10. to They had to come up with a touchdown run from Noah Barnhart in the fourth quarter to get past Caldwell. Caldwell was up 10-6 to in that game late. Frontier had a tough loss last week against Parkersburg Catholic late in a game where they thought they should have won. And against a Caldwell team that was just 2-4 and four going in, uh, the Cougars get it done. They go to 6-1 and one with a 12-10 to 10 win against Caldwell. Most important for them to rack up wins and keep going. They moved to number 6 in this week's Ohio Division 7 Region 27 rankings. Tyler Consolidated almost outgained Buffalo 2-1 to one in their 28-14 win. They held Buffalo off the board to only single touchdowns in the second and third quarters. That defense for Tyler Consolidated is getting better each week. But Mark Rucker continues to put this team on his back. Three more rushing touchdowns and over 200 yards on the ground. Fourth straight win for Tyler Consolidated. We'll see how they follow it up as they take on the Williamstown Yellow Jackets this week. A big win for Marietta, too. Magnolia has had so many struggles this year. They're limping to the finish line with fewer than 20 players. I've heard some accounts that say they've got as many as 18 and they play 13. I've heard some people say they got 15 players. It's not many, but either way, Magnolia fell 54-8 to to Marietta. Another big game for Marietta running back 
Chase Taylor. He had two long touchdown runs in that game, one of 50 yards and one of 64 yards. A lot of big plays for Marietta in that game. They were able to give some different players some different looks in that game. That might have been a big takeaway for them. Marietta's got a tough game this week against New Philly, and uh, I'll actually have some uh, talk with their head coach, Jason Shobe, on Cat Night at Kickoff this week on our station, so you'll want to stay tuned for that. Watch high school football live stream to wherever you are. Don't miss the Moran Construction Game of the Week on 1455 Sports. Log on to 1455media.com slash live. That's the word 14 and the number 55 for great coverage of the area's biggest games. Join us this week as Parkersburg hosts Hurricane. Kickoff from Stadium Field is set for 7.30 p.m. Log on to 1455media.com slash live. That's the word 14 and the number 55.com slash live. It's the Moran Construction Game of the Week on 1455 Sports. Stay connected with us on Facebook. Like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, answer our weekly poll question and feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show. Let's take a look at this week's poll question. We asked you, do message boards help or hurt high school football? Why or why not? Do message boards help or hurt high school football? Why or why not? The answer choices were yes, brings fans together, or no, too much negativity. At 25 votes, it was a split vote. One or two votes were the difference in this one. 52% said no, too much negativity. 48% said yes, brings fans together. I went back and forth on this one myself. I'll go ahead and read the feedback as a post from Craig Dutton, who says, I only admit I go by WC Dutton Radio on WV Tailgate Central and Southeastern Ohio Preps Football Forum, so there you go. Look out for WC Dutton Radio. Kidding, of course, Craig. I really don't see any issue with the forums because I use them to give out media information for upcoming broadcasts, sometimes jokingly give comments on games and subjects and give insight and information on games. Now, I do agree comments can go to far to hurt athletes, parents of athletes, coaches, and football communities. I try not to single anyone out, but I'd be lying if I said I hadn't accidentally done so in the past. I believe the forums need to be taken with a grain of salt and not be taken seriously. The tight-knit subject of Magnolia's football program, though, I'm trying to keep a level head on the subject and remain impartial what's been said on there. There are some subjects on forums, like what I've just talked about, that need to be left alone and allow the smoke to clear up before more fuel is added to the fire. A lot to unpack there, and I agree with what Craig is saying. I think the good in the forums and the message boards, people just coming together on a topic that they have mutual interest. A lot of the message boards unite people that wouldn't otherwise get together, wouldn't have a chance to talk to maybe anybody else uh, with that educated of an opinion, certainly not around them. And it connects people that have interest in a topic that might be far away geographically. So there's some benefit to that. Plus, I think a lot of the smaller schools, I think, get a lot of coverage and recognition and people talking about them and the chatter about them on the message boards that maybe they're not getting from the statewide media because of time or space or uh, just the lack of recognition, the lack of knowledge, you know, of an issue. If you look at Tailgate Central, I'll be honest, I go there more than I'd like to admit, and that's largely looking for negative comments about our station or myself. Usually the people that post on there are from smaller schools and about games that are good games but aren't getting covered anywhere else. So that's a thread where someone's maybe going and posting updates on a game. That's a game that's in a rural area or a game that's not on the radio or on streaming television or anything like that. That's a lot of times what you see those used for, and it's a way to kind of raise awareness for programs that might be flying under the radar, a way to have some chat, a way to have some conversation. That I can deal with. But like Craig said, there are some topics that wind up on message boards that don't need to be on message boards. I don't think it's anyone's secret that Magnolia's football program has had some troubles this season and in the past. A lot of that is behind the scenes, and a lot of that stuff springs from disagreements between, for instance, head coach Dave Chapman and boosters and or former boosters that get speculated a lot online. People that innocently enough ask, 
hey, what's going on with this? And the topic quickly devolves into a he said, she said. Sensitive information gets spilled out. Next thing you know, you've got a fight that's going on on a message board. And and information that doesn't need to leave that community and doesn't need to leave the tight-knit circle of the people that are in the know there gets put on blast and, and, and gets all over the place. Those things get messy. And that's where really it's on someone to be a good moderator on the board, to lock a topic that maybe needs to be locked or to delete a topic that maybe needs to be deleted. All message boards need good forum moderators, people that can be responsible, be respectful, and adhere to a core set of tenets uh, that you have to live by if you're going to post on that board. Craig's right. I don't think you should single, especially not student athletes, out for negative things. Uh, There are a number of negative things that that have to be dealt with from time to time, but these are kids, and and they should be protected as such in some ways. And granted, if one of them goes and does something heinous, then you're not going to keep that out of the news, and nor should you. But by and large, you know, someone's suspended because they mouthed off a teacher or whatever. They miss a quarter because they mouthed off a teacher or they were 30 minutes late to school because they overslept. That doesn't need to be splattered all over a message board. They're kids. They make mistakes. They do stupid stuff every once in a while. That's what you expect out of that age group. I'm split on this issue. I lean more towards the idea that they bring fans together and they do more to promote a sport that probably could use the help getting out there and to promote teams that could use the help getting out there. But I also see the side that Craig is saying. I think there's too many people that lurk on those and spread some information to a much, much wider audience that needs to know about that information or those issues. You have to take it with a grain of salt. It, it's not for me. I don't have time to sit around and post things and comment things on, comment on message boards. But for some people, that's the highlight of an evening or the highlight of their day. And, and what gets them through work is going to check the message boards every few hours. And I, I don't know. And I'm not knocking that if that's you, that that's your time to do with what you will. I don't need that in my downtime. Other people do. That's that's fine. So I think it's largely good because it brings people together that want to talk about high school football and talk about those things, or like what Craig is talking about, what we're doing and try to get that out there for fans that would want to consume our content. Uh, but by and large, I, I think it's definitely a situation where there's no one-size-fits-all answer. Sometimes the message boards do get out of line, and that's why you need good moderators to step in and, and make sure things stay within bounds. That's last week's poll. 25 of you voted in that one. I want to thank you all for doing that. I want to thank Craig for commenting. This week's poll, we take a look at coaches. Generally speaking, is there enough accountability for high school football coaches in the area? In other words, are coaches made to answer for their actions on and off the field, whatever those may be? Why or why not? That's a simple yes or no question, and you can elaborate, and, and I hope people would. Generally speaking, is there enough accountability for high school football coaches in the area? Are coaches made to answer for their actions on and off the field, whatever those may be? Are their feet held to the fire, essentially? Why or why not? That's a yes or no question. And we'll talk about that next week on the program. Let's take a look at some of the big games in the area this week. Williamstown Tyler Consolidated is going to be a big one. Is Williamstown banged up? And are they kind of on a downslide because the injuries have begun to take their toll on the Yellow Jackets? We saw them in a close game with Warren last week. Or is that going to be enough to wake them up? And Tyler's won four straight. Have they found enough on defense to stop the Yellow Jackets? It's certainly the toughest test of the year for Tyler Consolidated since they began to play a little bit better on defense. That'll be a big one. How about Marietta and New Philly? Marietta comes in at 4-3, and New Philadelphia 7-0. and Again, the remaining schedule for Jason Chubb's Tigers, not easy. New Philadelphia 7-0, Dover 4-3, Zanesville 6-1. But New Philly and Zanesville are home this year for Marietta. If they can win one of those, then they've got a 500 season at least. If uh, they can win two of those three, then they'll have a winning record and uh, some momentum going into the next season. So for Marietta, a big task. They've played well in some games. They've scored a lot of points. They've run the ball well in their wins, but can they do it against a 7-0 New Philadelphia team? That's going to be the test, and that's going to make this one one to watch this 
this week. And Parkersburg Catholic, Pendleton County, that's a neutral side game at Fairmont State. Both these teams scheduled this game when they are both scheduled to play Notre Dame, and because Notre Dame canceled their season, they were able to work things around, shuffle some off dates, and get together and meet on a neutral field. Parkersburg Catholic, it'll be quite the test. They've won four straight, and they've bounced back from those two losses they suffered early in the year. Pendleton County is rolling at 6-0. and Will they be too much of a force for Lance Benninger's Crusaders, or will all of those extra weapons that have rallied around Jeb Boyce and the Crusaders team, will that be what puts them over the hump? Again, Williamstown, Tyler, Marriott, and New Philly, Parkersburg Catholic, and Pendleton County, the games I've circled this week. The games on Seven Rangers Radio, Light Rock 93R has St. Mary's and Magnolia. WXCR has that Tyler-Williamstown matchup as the Silver Knights look for their fifth straight win. Williamstown is one six in a row looking for seven straight. And V96-9 back in action after a bye week last week. Parkersburg South at 6-0 will hit the road to face 1-6 Morgantown. That's a team that won on the road last week to Wheeling Park and gave the Wheeling Park Patriots all that they can handle. So that's going to be a tough one on the road for Parkersburg South. Morgantown's 1-6, but they are hungry. Half of their losses have come by one touchdown or less this year. So big game for South this week and a big test. Those are the games on Seven Rangers Radio this week, so you want to look out for them. Hey, download us on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Rate us and review us. Tell us how we're doing. Subscribe to us on SoundCloud as well and listen each Wednesday for a new episode of the show. That'll do it for us this week. That's our time. I am Eric Little. We thank you for listening to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. We'll talk to you next week, and until then, enjoy the game. Everybody. This has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll. Come back next week for another new episode, and thanks for listening.